All right, so let's jump into this. You know, I think for me and through the work I think that you and I do with helping other people reach their highest potential in, in a selling career, I don't think that somebody, certainly myself included, can reach their highest level of potential without understanding what we're going to unpack in today's video first. And like we were talking about before we hit the recording button, I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm so excited to share this information with the world because I, it's so frustrating to see bad information. And I won't call it bad. The traditional sales model and the things that are continuing to be taught that are continuing to be used on a daily basis, which I believe, Colton, continues to give salespeople a bad name. So I want to get into this a little bit. And to start off, I want to break down the traditional sales model and I guess the, the issue that I see with it. And, and that is this. In a traditional sales environment, what's being taught is like, hey, run these plays on someone that you can manipulate to convince that person to give you money to buy your thing. The problem with that, like when I say that, it's like, okay, yeah, Brandon, cool. What's the problem with that? Isn't that what we're supposed to do is closers and selling you know, expensive things and enrolling people in our services? Well, here's the issue. The issue is the word convince. As soon as we try to convince someone to do something, we give up the most important part that a salesperson should have, which is what we call high value status. And we're going to break that open, but I want to get your thoughts. Before we even get into that, I want to get your thoughts. I really want to spend some time here and talking about the fact of like, as soon as I try to convince you to buy my thing, I automatically give you the power as the prospect. You get to determine you know, the outcome. You get to decide you know, what's going to happen. You get to make the decision. And therefore, I'm the needy salesperson. I become automatically, it's implied that I need something from you and that you are in full control to make a decision whether or not you're going to give it to me. And high value status, one of the core principles of reverse selling is to make those two things equal. What are your thoughts on yeah. that? Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but you know, let's let's go down the road of it, the convincing road. Let's say you're able to convince them. Right? Let's go down there because I think the frame of this conversation is going to be along the lines of how trying to convince and persuade somebody actually prevents you from being able to do so. But let's pretend that works and you close the sale, you get the client. Well, you're already starting your relationship off on the wrong foot because That's right. you had to push buttons and make them feel a certain way, maybe against their will, maybe because you persuaded them, but it's going to create resentment and your authority and status working with them diminishes, let alone getting to the sales. So yeah, I think unpacking this will it'll be a good light, uh, different perspective to, to look at sales with. Yeah, you nailed it. And some of that's going to come out when we get into the 11 core tenants of high value status and what it is and what it is not. It, it's going to come out. But but you're right. If you've got to twist people's arms, you know, and use some 
convoluted objection handler to 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 manipulate somebody and saying yes and and doing business with you well there only can be resentment after they've made that commitment because the prospect is sitting there saying man you know like I, no one wants to be sold you know what i mean everybody wants to make their own decision and so let's get into this a little bit so there's 11, if you're taking notes, there's 11 core tenets of this reverse selling principle, which is called high value status. So the way I want to do this, Colton, is I want to break down what high value status is not, and then we'll give the opposite of what it is to make it super clear for the audience. So number one, people that don't have, well, before we do that, this is super critical. Having high value status is not something you do to someone. It's a way of being. It's who you become. It's who you are that will allow you to either have high value status or not. It's not like a, a, a script or a sales strategy or an objection handler that you learn that you run on another human being and like, ooh, that worked. No, no, you either are or you are not. You and I were talking about that the other day. Yeah, and, and it's in our very nature. It's actually what we're called. We are human beings. People try to be human doings, to do something to somebody. And, and, and you got to be a human being, be yourself. And these principles will help you to become more of that. Um, but yeah, like just being is a, is a way of being high status as opposed to trying to do or manipulate to people. That's right. So core tenant number one, well, I should say, so what it is not is people that have that don't have high value status are people pleader, uh, people pleasers. The, these are people that, you know, have such a deep rooted insecurity. And I'm talking from experience. I mean, I've gone through a lot of this, you know, it wasn't like I just came into this world with high value status. It, it happens over time. That's why we're bringing it to people's attention. So the need to please people is what people that don't have high value status, that is how they behave. They feel as though I have to, you know, do whatever the prospect says. I have to get them to like me. I have to always be on the burden, the, the, the opposite side to do whatever it is that they want. That's what they think builds influence with people, builds rapport, builds trust. And the opposite of that, people with high value status, this is the first core tenant. It's willing to confront somebody with compassion. So that's the opposite of people pleasing. It's the opposite of being a yes man, that you just agree with everything all the time. You could call that a doormat. So somebody with high value status has the willingness to confront somebody, Colton, on things with compassion. We're, I'm not suggesting that you bring up confrontation for the sake of, of it, right? I'm talking about if there are things that you disagree with or if there are things that if I'm in a sales situation with you that I see differently that are of your benefit, I'm not yeah. going to simply lay over and agree because I think that will be better for me to close the sale. I'm going to say, well, wait a minute, Colton. 
Have you considered, what I just heard you say was this, that or the other thing, have you considered looking at it this way? I mean, put the sale aside, put aside you and I doing business, put that aside for a second. Let's look at this through your lens. Have you considered looking at this this way? But the people pleaser can't do that. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think you, the very first thing you nailed it, uh, you said, and I wanted people to miss is I, I, it, I feel like it can come from one of two places. The main one being what you said, which is of insecurity. And really it's because you're seeking, and we're taught this through school, through education, like we're seeking to be validated from things outside of ourselves. And so this conversation you're having, you want them to validate you in the sense that you're pleasing them, you're friends with them, you like them, but that ultimately doesn't lead to anything productive for either of you. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, I, I, and, and the other, the second place I feel like it can from, can come from, which maybe not if you peel back enough layers, but it can come from love. Like you really, like me personally, something I've struggled with is I really like people. Like mm -hmm. I, like I love people. I love talking with people, making friends. And that can be a weakness of caring too much about how they're feeling in that conversation where when you ask, well, what is the, you know, the most value I can provide th this person is truth, right? And truth isn't always a, ple a pleasure to hear. Um, but that's yeah. right. That, that That's the difference. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of this stuff. So be patient. If you guys are listening to this, we're going to get through it all, but that has everything to do with, you know, you want to be their friend or do you want to be a trusted advisor? Do you want to be the person yeah. that your clients call you for, for high value decisions? You know, uh, do you want to serve them that way? Do you want to be in a relationship with your clients that way? Well, then you have to be willing to confront them and tell them the truth, which brings me right into number two. Someone that doesn't have high value status, to your point, seeks approval. Where someone that has high value status has confidence and that we're not worried about we don't lead into a business relationship where we're looking to help somebody solve a major problem in their business or in their life with, okay, I want to just do whatever I can to, to get them to like me. If through doing business together, through serving their need, solving the pain, we the goal is to, as a byproduct of that, build the relationship, strengthen the relationship. And if through that you happen to like me, beautiful. But here's what I know: yeah. if you have a if you have a uh, a, a, a death, um, if you have an illness, right, and you are you know, and it's a serious illness, you tell me if I'm wrong, Colton. But I want the doctor to do what he or she does to fix me, and I don't need to worry about them being my friend. If through that we build a relationship and we end up being friends, fine. But I think what a lot of amateur people that don't have high value status, the people pleasers are so worried about, does this person like me? Do they like me? And what ends up happening, especially in our business of real estate sales, is these amateur real estate agents go and meet with these sellers. And they're so heavy on the like side of the equation that the seller says, man, I really like you, but we ended up doing business with this other person because there isn't the rapport. There isn't the credibility. They haven't built an expert authority. There is no trust. They didn't feel like they could get the best outcome for them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it comes down to the the, the confidence, right? You said right. you said confidence, and if I if I can just demystify confidence, because like that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And what I learned about confidence that made it so simple and straightforward for me to learn and become confident is that confidence is comfort. That's all mm. it is. Your your confidence equals comfort, and so you know you're pretty confident when you brush your teeth in the morning right? Because you've done it a million times, you're comfortable doing it. And, and and the other side of that is is by nature, we seek comfort. And so right now, people are more comfortable in their current way of being. And so they're confident in not being confident. And so as long as you can get comfortable with the this style of communication, with whatever it is you're looking to do, just through repetition and practice and putting yourself in that situation, you become more comfortable, which leads to more confidence. Yeah, that's really well said. So number three on the list, someone that doesn't have high value status often discounts their fee to win the business, whereas someone with high value status charges a premium for their service. Now, there's so much to unpack here. And so, you know, we talked about resentment, but we're going to talk about that here in just a minute too. So that's part of it. But here's the thing. And I see this all too often, especially with with a new salesperson that has low confidence that the second you try and win the client through charging less, then you do more of what we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, uh, conversation, which is to give up more of that influence to the prospect. You subliminally communicate to the prospect that you have low regard for your own self-worth and therefore I will do whatever you tell me to do, including go into debt to serve you, right? And so it's a win-loss relationship. And that is where the resentment comes from. We'll talk about that next, but that's where it comes from. When you start to lower your fee, discount your commission, do all of these different things in hopes to get this get the prospect to say yes that also further solidifies that who's in control well they're in control awesome. hey i'll yeah. do whatever L- listen colton i i will work for free if it means you'll do business with me what what can i do to get your business you want me to discount my no problem you know what are you willing to pay me i mean i don't know what else could be more repelling than that and that's just the start. I mean, you know, yeah. then it's, then you're doing, when you're working with the client, you're bending over backwards, doing everything. I, I'm sure, I don't know if you've seen the meme floating around on, on the internet where it's like, you know, $50 client and it's this long paragraph of, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? And then $50,000 client, wire sent. Thanks so much. You know, the Beautiful. difference of the client uh, is, is massive too, you know? Yeah, it's amazing, you know, which, We'll keep this rock and rolling. Let's get into number four, which is the non-high value status salesperson is very transactional, whereas the high value status sales professional is relational. They build their business because of the level of service they provide and therefore their clients introduce them to other people. That is their number one method of lead generation, where the person with low value status discounts and twists arms and does whatever possible to get the deal done. And so the deal is so messy. It's so nasty 
that the salesperson resents the client the whole time. They keep saying to themselves, I can't wait to this. I can't wait until this deal is done. I never want to talk to this person again when it's like you were the cause. You did this. And so they never get referrals because they resent the clients. They hate their clients. And they try to blame the clients for their misery. You know, as like, you know, all these real estate agents that go into these listings and discount their commission to nothing and then have to work like a mule to get the listing sold for next to nothing. You can't help but resent the client, which whose fault was it? It was the person that had low value, right? It's crazy. What are your thoughts on that? I think I don't have anything to add. I mean, it's just, it's just true. You know, truth, truth vibrates at a certain frequency and that was nothing but truth. Yeah. And the thing is when you can communicate, when you can serve people, you know, we talked about a little bit, you know, building a, a, a relationship that has value is different than getting somebody just to like you. You know what I mean? Like it's different. Like Having the respect of somebody because you provide so much value is different than doing going to the bar and having a shot with somebody because it's like they're fun to be around. You know what I mean? Completely different. And when you serve your clients at a level that produces their desired outcome, they come back for more. They want to continue to do business with you. And as a result, like I just mentioned, that becomes your best lead generation. That becomes how you get more and more and more clients. But if you don't do that, then you'll always have to be chasing leads. You'll always have to be discounting and working at low margins. The clients hate you. You hate the client. It's like you both can't wait till I never talked again. Honestly, yeah, that's how most realtors and, run their business. It is. And, and just because like so many agents are caught in the cycle of like getting that next deal, getting that next deal, and then all they're focused on is just like getting that deal sold. And then they're always looking for the next deal. So it's yeah. like this cycle where their head is not poked up far enough to kind of you know, bring more deals in for the long term. And they're just focused on moving on to the next and not building up that relationship and referral. Well, yeah. And they don't slow down to speed up, right? Slowing down to speed up yeah. in a transaction means, all right, how do I just, you know, how do I focus on the here and the now? How do I wow my clients so much? How do I produce such an amazing result that they can't help but to rave to their friends and family about their experience with me. No, we're not gonna do that. I'm gonna just do the bare bones minimum to get this deal done. And then I'm gonna keep chasing for sale by owners. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, let's yeah. go to number five. Number five, the person that does not have high value status beats around the bush, refuses to tell people the truth, where the person of high value status is a straight shooter, is direct. And so this is so important. You know when someone's beating around the bush. You know when somebody wants to say something and they won't say it. And this is something, again, we see all too often. It's like the real estate agent that goes to a for sale by owner and leads the for sale by owner to believe that they have a buyer for the property when they indeed do not have a buyer for the property, when really why they're calling them is to try to get a listing, but they won't say yeah. it, right? They'll try to hide behind a bunch of tactics um, to try to ease, I would say weasel their way into something, right. you know? Right. Yeah. And, and whatever I've noticed whenever, you know, this is, this is something that we, we worked on for a while. And, and it's when, as an example, when we have conversations with agents, we're talking about possibly working with, I've noticed every single time 
I, I ask for their permission to be direct and be upfront with them because we are not a fit for everybody. It's like this just, you, you can almost feel like, like the balloons deflating, like, oh, okay. Like, yes, that's what I want. They say, please, like, I want that. And so people in, in a world of like, you know, fake, uh, you know, fake life, Instagram, you know, all, all of the, the, the um, highlight reels on the internet, people want real. You know, like That's people just want point. real and direct. And so, yeah, if you can give it to them, you, you're, you're different than a lot of people. Well, and it's, it's, I think you and I both share this belief, but certainly when you can communicate that way, I, I, I believe in my soul that you become, the perception is that you become more trustworthy, that there is more value being provided, that you are more appealing more desirable, more of the type of person that somebody wants to work with versus you know, the sketchy person that's never willing to tell you the truth, that just is always agreeable. You know, It's just surface level. Those are the agents that think they're making traction, but they never get hired. They never ever get hired because they, you know, the best way to put this is, this is the, this is the boy that goes to high school with, with the girl for four years and they're always friend zone. Cause he's never told her how he felt about her. Mm -hmm. And the whole time she liked him too, but he never yeah. said anything. So she ends up marrying somebody else when the whole time they could have been together because they were so in love with each other, but they both beat around the bush so much. They never told each other and they paid the price in their entire life because they weren't willing to tell each other the truth, you know, and that's and the best like, case you, scenario. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's the difference between the feeling of of movement versus actual progress right mm. so you feel like you're getting somewhere when you're liking being agreeable beating around the bush making them feel okay it goes back to the people pleasing thing you feel like you're making some movement but you're, yeah you're just not you're not making progress like it's like walking on a treadmill you're not going anywhere feels like you're feels like you're moving but you're not actually going anywhere you know yeah it's like being busy being busy you yeah. know you're not actually yeah. getting any any traction next so that was number five. Let's talk about number six. The low value salesperson talks way too much. They feel like they have to always be talking because they're so insecure that they feel if they're the one listening, that they're out of control, where we know the person with high value status uses a Socratic style questioning methodology that engages another human being where the other person does all of the talking, where the other person does all of the convincing, the other person does all of the selling. The prospect is the one who is convincing herself to do or not to do what it is they want to do. And the salesperson through this line of questioning stays out of it. They're the trusted advisor asking questions of the prospect. So the prospect can look at things that they've never looked at this way before and says, wow, you know what, Cole? That's, that's a great question. Mm, that's real value being delivered versus just, hey, you should do this. You should do that. Like our thing's great. It's like they just can't wait for that to be, to be over. You know what I mean? And the only time you should be you know, talking, I would say, and unless you're asking a question, would be to either create context uh, create a frame in which you want them to answer the question you're about to ask them and or tell a story, right? Which should do the first That's two. That's right. You should either be telling a story, creating context, or creating a frame for them to answer the question through. It's a great you point, know? man. And, great and, point. And, and yeah, until you get really good at asking questions, like 
it's actually useful. If you, you can get good at analogies or creating frames, it helps your questions land better, you know, before you're getting really good at asking questions. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Let's talk about number seven. Number seven, the low value status salesperson tries to close everyone. Like anybody they come in contact, it's like, let me just try to close. I, I, I need money. Like I'm desperate. I'll do whatever. I, I just got to try to close this person. And whereas the person of high value status gently pushes prospects away because they're looking for the best fit. They're looking for, hey, is there... Is there equal exchange of value here between me and the prospect? Do we both get equal benefit of this? Can I solve a major pain and get compensated for it? And if so, great, let me explore that. But the person that is low value status just tries to pitch everybody. You know, I don't care. I'm just trying to get some money. Whatever I can get today is what I'm trying to get. And it just yeah. comes across so desperate. When you try to close everybody again, you automatically imply that the prospect has all the power over you. Because the second you sit there and try to say, this is why you should do business with me, automatically you've got the power to make all the decision. And what we want to do is try to make that equal. I don't know if it makes sense for us to do business yet. Why don't we have a conversation have the opportunity to ask each other some questions and discover together if there's any benefit to working together. That's what we're trying to commute, uh, communicate from a, from a place of high value status. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like it does. And it, it's like one of the coolest analogies I've learned to, to help, help these principles land, I learned from one of my mentors, is it, the difference of being a lighthouse versus a tugboat. Oh, so right? good. Like tell, your little tugboat more. going out to the harbor, tr trying to pull in every ship. You know, you're 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 doing all this work. You're doing everything you can do to try to get a ship in. Whereas a lighthouse just stands strong in in, in its value and doesn't be anything else other than a lighthouse, right? So and, good, and dude. So like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's just it's just a different way of being. Going back to that, it's great. Number eight, the low value status salesperson is very needy, super desperate mm -hmm. for a deal. Again, will do whatever they can to try to solicit money from people. And the high value status salesperson is willing to walk away. You just nailed it. If, if it is not in line with their core principles, their core values, I'll give you a great uh, uh, example in just a second. The salesperson that has high value status says, listen, this just isn't for me. I don't need anything from you. Like if we agree that doing business, like I said before, has equal value, awesome. But the second you start placing demands on me and asking me to work for free and you want foot rubs after every meeting, like this isn't for me. Only the needy, the desperate, the low value salesperson jumps all over that. Fine, whatever it takes. That commission breath, you know, the little doggy that just wants a treat. I'll do whatever you whatever you want, Mr. Prospect. No, you have to have the willingness to walk away. And so the great example in our business of real estate sales is the, this happens all the time. So uh, a real estate agent who is coming from a place of scarcity, right? They don't have a lot of money. They're just getting started. They're real needy. They're real desperate for a deal. They'll go meet with the seller and the seller says, okay, they, they can sense it, right? They have all the power. You're like a little puppet. So they say, I'll give you the listing. You can do it for 1%. And here's what I want. I want you to be at every showing 
I want you to list it at this price. I want you to call me every day. I want you to do this, 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 and this. If you do that, I'll give you the listing. And the person says, whatever you want, jumps all over it. That's a great example of what we're talking about with, with this core tenant. You see it all the time too, right? A hundred percent, you know, and it's the importance of having options, you know, like it goes, it's a whole nother discussion, but if you have enough options, you don't have to be needy. You know, it's a whole nother thing. Well, yeah, it's like the more, yeah, that's exactly right. Having options. What you mean by that is the more, the, 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 the better you are at generating, at lead generating and having a full pipeline of business and having inbound mm-hmm. referrals and having content that's pumping in people coming to you, the more you can stand on these core principles, the easier it will be for you to communicate with high value status where you don't need to be needy. You know, yep. And for the person who's watching this who says, yeah, easy for you guys to say, I'm brand new, I gotta do... I, I would also argue with that the other point of if you are going to earn a client by going against your core principles and what you believe, I think will do that person more harm than good long-term. You might look at it short-term and say, well, dude, I need money. I need, I need, I need. Well, I would make the argument, well, go make money a different way so you don't have to take on a client from a place of neediness. Go do what you need to do to pay your bills while you're building your sales practice so you you never have to work with a client coming from a place of neediness. Because here's what I see, and I've seen this happen a lot, is the desperate agent goes out there and works under uh, under these ridiculous terms of other human beings. They get taken advantage of, and then they start resenting the entire business. And it's like, dude, that was very short term. Now you don't even want to be in the business because you're like, I worked with this client. It was a nightmare. It's like, no, that's not how it should be. You set it up that way, you know? Yeah. And it takes all your time from finding the right client, you know? So like that's like right. you said, don't don't let your ego get in the way of, of preventing you from the number one rule of business, which the rule number one of business is to stay in business. And you need money to pay your bills to stay in business. So if you got to go Uber, DoorDash, do whatever you got to do, right. so you don't have to work with those kind of clients, do it. Like there's no shame in it. You yeah, know? that's a great point. Number nine. The difference between the the low value person that's completely scattered versus the high value status, super polished, right? So the low value person is always scattered, always running late, always reacting to things, never operating from, from a schedule. It's always, they feel like they're putting fires out all the time. They always say, well, I never have enough time in the day where the high value status person's like, Man, I don't know what, you know, I'm able to do to do this that or the other thing, make a high high income and I have tons of time off. They're very organized. They show up on they show up early. They're always dressed to the nines. They're very well articulated. They've got all their their information organized. And you know what I'm talking about when you see somebody at a presentation and they're scattering through their their folder it's like oh where's that document where's that do-? you know they're they're rubbing their hair they're they're all freaked out stressed out it's like breathe relax mm-hmm. you know get your shit together you know yeah. be prepared plan tomorrow today and i know so many people and i will not bring up names of course but as i'm saying this it's reminding me of people that i know very well 
it drives me nuts. It's like, that's a decision, dude. Like that is a decision for you to not look at your calendar or what you got going on tomorrow, today. And then you just find out, shit, I got a meeting in five minutes. Like you didn't know that before just now. Like you're telling me you didn't look at the calendar until five minutes before the meeting started. No, no, I got to go. I got to go. Like that is just super low value. Your thoughts? Yeah, and, you and agree? You, you got it. You got to take your time to set yourself up to not have to experience that. Things naturally tend towards chaos. It's called entropy. Things are naturally going to go that way. So you need to be ahead of it and know like throughout the day that is going to happen unless you have the, the rails in place. Like like when you go bowling, you need those rails up when you first start. And that's okay. Definitely. Like set yourself up for success and, instead of entropy. That's great. All right. Core tenant number 10, low value salesperson sells features and benefits, which ends up commoditizing their service. The high value status salesperson sells the outcome as the trusted advisor. So this is the whole mule versus the magician. This is a little bit more tactical. So for those of you that are still with us, this will be good for you. Great takeaways here. So the, the amateur, we'll call it, feels as though he needs to sell the the how. They need to sell, you know, it's got this great functionality, it's got this button and you know, well let's keep it into context of, of real estate. I'm going to I'm going to get you drone photos. I'm going to do 3D Matterport. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all these things. The seller turns around and says, "Okay, well, thank you for that. And how much do you charge? Well, I charge 6%. Okay, cool. Well, Mr. Mule, what I'm going to do then is I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. And in the meantime, I'm going to go meet with some other mules and see what it is that they offer and what they charge. And I'll let you know, because I have all the power to which the mule responds. Okay, you know, when, when should I plan on hearing back from you? And they try to play this chase game. The seller then goes and mutes, meets with a bunch of other mules. And then they get their list of features and benefits. Well, hey, I met with this other mule. What are you going to do, mule number two? Well, I'm going to do this. 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 And the seller says, well, what are you going to charge, mule? Well, they're charging six. I'll do it for five. And then the seller says, okay, cool. And they go meet with a bunch of other mules. And it's a race to the bottom. And who will do the most for the least? And we are training the seller, training the, the prospect on how to make decisions working with our industry versus showing up as the magician where we sell the outcome, where we simply communicate with absolute conviction and confidence to the outcome. Mr. Prospect, here's what my clients want. They want to sell their house at a premium in the right time frame. With the least amount of headache. Now, Colton, I'm assuming that is exactly what you're looking for. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And, if through, and through this meeting, if you feel as though I can make that happen, would it make sense for us to have a conversation about potentially working together to make that happen? Yes. And I'm smiling and I'm shaking my head up and down. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. And so... You and I have talked a lot about this, but what are your thoughts on the whole selling features and benefits, the commodity type salesperson versus selling the outcome? 
you just you just demonstrated my first point, which is that it it starts the magician starts at the very start of the conversation. You know, like you you got to set yourself up to for being the magician throughout the conversation, and it's the difference. If I if I could if I could give any advice, like one piece of advice when it comes to learning, you know, say reverse selling, like a lot of the stuff we're talking about here, it would be to focus less on the scripts and the tactics and, and more on like these types of principles and energetics and ways of, of being, because what you just said there, people are going to ask, wait, Brandon, is that, I, I got your script book. I didn't hear that. See that in your so script true. book, but because you, because you've said it a thousand different ways because it's, it's who you are. Right. That's so spot on. You're right. Cause the script means nothing unless you are coming from this high value status that we're talking about. That's why we're making this video. Unless you you become this type of person, you won't be able to find the words. And you trying to mm -hmm. say the words, not being a high value status human being, it will come off so disingenuous. It'll come across so fake that you'll be called yeah. out and it will go against you. And you'll come back to me and say, yeah. I said what you, no, 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 because you're not, it's, it's all in the how. It's not in the yep. what, right? All right, let's get into number 11, the last one. The low value status salesperson avoids rejection at all cost, refuses to face it. Where coming from a place of high value, you invite people to tell you no. You celebrate the no because we don't shy away from the no. This is our, this is really our path to salvation because we talk about the, um, the mirage of hope. This is the, Hey, I need to think it over. I'll get back to you. Amateur believes in that. They, they buy into that. And then they start chasing the prospect. Hey, Bob, I'm just checking in. You know, did you make any decisions yet? Nope, I'll get back to you. Giving all the power to the prospect versus the person of high value status says, well, wait a minute. Listen, let's talk about this before we leave. You know, if, if this isn't a fit, you can tell me no, you won't hurt my feelings. The same way, if I feel as though I can't help you, I'll also let you know. And let's be upfront and be honest. This happens at the beginning of the relationship, not at the end. You know, and I know you're really good at this. And so what what would you add to this whole mindset around inviting prospects to tell you no? I just I, I wrote down a note to say is elicit no. Right. So right. through your questions, we've talked about this before on the channel, but at, you know, as an example of being a magician, I mean, Brandon, if I presented you a plan and walked you through step by step everything we do to get home sold and you were confident that it was going to be the thing to help you get where you're wanting to go is is that something that would be unreasonable for you to at least consider today or, or would that right like you're getting you Love want it. them to be like no because our natural reaction is to say no hey what are you looking for today oh, nope nothing good just looking around right That's we want right. to reject so know that and, and, and elicit it from the start of the conversation yeah yeah, and, and that that piece for sure, like the no-oriented questions from a tactical piece are, are super critical. Yep. This is that and more of an approach to invite people to say, I don't want to do business with you and it's okay. You know, because what happens is prospect or, or real estate agent will make a prospecting phone call. They will think it went well and they'll say, okay, Mr. Prospect, 
I'll follow up with you in a couple months. Would that be okay? And the prospect's like, oh, I just want to get this over with. Sure, no problem. They have no intention of ever answering that phone call again. Quite frankly, as soon as the call hangs up, they go into the witness protection program. And in their phone, they put, don't ever answer this call again. That's what happens. But because we're so afraid to get the person to say, no, I'm not interested, right? Because I can't handle that rejection. I'm too insecure. I'm not comfortable with any of that. What, what the high value status person does is says, well, listen, does it even make sense for us to talk together? Like, shoot me straight. Like, if you have no interest in, yeah. in ever working together, or you've got another agent, that's totally fine. I respect that. And you invite yeah. the prospect to say, yeah, fuck off. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. It's okay. It's almost like that's a relief. Like, if you, are, right. if you are high status, it's like, oh, thank God. I don't got to waste my time. I can find that's the right, right client. You know, it's like, perfect. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess I'll leave you guys with this is that, you know, if... If any of this hit with you or landed with you or resonated with you, I think I speak for Colton and I both, but we would invite you to have a conversation with us about maybe potentially working together in a coaching relationship this year and working together over the next 12 months to help you build a not only a successful real estate agent business, but a profitable one, one that you don't resent, one that you don't have to work 365, seven days a week because you think... That's what it means to give good client service. I'm going to put a link in the description. I'll put a link in the pinned comments below. All you have to do is hit it. You can schedule some time to talk with us and you'll have an opportunity to ask us some questions. Colton, we can ask them some questions and figure out together if, if working together makes any sense. And so if you're ready for that type of relationship, I'd invite you to, to go ahead and do that. And we will absolutely see you guys in another video. And we very much appreciate your time and more importantly, your attention. So Colton, same to you, my friend. Appreciate you like always. Yep, see you soon.